Welcome to Growing in Grace, a weekly program featuring informal conversation to help with growth in understanding the gospel and to live in the freedom that comes through Jesus Christ. And now, here's the host of Growing in Grace, Mike Kapler and Joel Berizuki. Hey there, I'm Mike, along with Joel, as always. Uh, welcome to Growing in Grace, once again, just uh, focusing in on the goodness of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's an informal time. If you're a new listener, just kind of kick back. We'll be here for about 15 minutes. It's really just an informal discussion of uh, the life-changing message of the unconditional love of God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Joel, uh, we kind of left off in the uh, in the middle of, of a subject that uh, we, we called it, what is the gospel? <laughs> and and the, the, the uh, summary that we came to was in Romans 1, 16 and 17, Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God. Uh, to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. And then the key verse, really, out of all this is Romans one seventeen. It's a cornerstone verse when it comes to understanding what the gospel is. For in it, for in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. The righteousness of God is revealed, and and and, and <laughs> I mean, we talked about all of this last last time, and so. If you if you look at this verse about you know Paul declaring that the gospel is all about God's righteousness, and then you you, you continue on with what he wrote. I mean he spent a whole nother it uh, looks like all the rest of chapter one, all of chapter two, and into chapter three. And again, as we've mentioned many times, Paul didn't write in chapters, but this is the way it's broken down. But just to see how much he wrote, he spent a whole bunch of time telling us about what our own righteousness really what our own unrighteousness was i mean people may think that they're righteous but if if you follow on after romans 117 paul paul spends a great deal of time talking about well you know like in romans 118 the wrath of god i mean he goes from talking about the good news the gospel god's righteousness he goes into this this whole long speech about the wrath of God being revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. Why in the world would he want to, after talking about the good news, the gospel, why would he go into this? I think it's, I think, at least in my mind, he's making a a point that we need to really contrast, we need to really understand exactly why it is that we needed this good news. Why exactly did we need it to be God's righteousness and not our own? Yeah, you know, you've probably heard somebody say, gee, I've got good news and bad news, and they usually proceed with the good news first, and then they give you the bad. Paul kind of did it the other way around. I've got some bad news for you. Well, he didn't really say that, but really what he's talking about is nobody's righteous. Nobody, no matter how well they've tried to keep the commandments and the law, we've all fallen short. In fact, in the book of Isaiah, God said that your righteousness is like filthy rags to me. They, They stink. Uh, no matter how good you think you've been, it's not good enough. And, and so Paul starts building the case for the fact that the entire world has been declared um, unrighteous, really, in the eyes of God. And, and for a second, Joel, you know, we looked up the definition of, of righteousness in, in, in Strong's Concordance, and just the first two definitions, they say this. They say, the state of him who is as he ought to be. Uh, righteousness, the condition acceptable to God, and the next one is uh, the doctrine concerning the way in which a man may attain a state approved by God. So to 
put it in my words, Joel, I, I just I view it as uh, righteousness, just meaning being right with God, being accepted by God. Yeah, righteousness has to. I mean, <laughs> and, and and we think about our our own righteousness, and and man has ever since the ever since the time of the garden, and and uh, all down throughout you know, through the whole genealogy of of mankind, the whole line of man, we've um, we kind of defined righteousness by our own standards, and what what you're saying here is that the standard of righteousness the definition of righteousness is being right with god i mean really the only way to be right with god is to <laughs> is to have his righteousness because what the bible says about our own righteousness there as you brought up from isaiah is that our own righteousness is as filthy rags there's nothing about our righteousness that god's pleased with you remember that uh that song about the grinch <laughs> from christmas time <laughs> I mean, arsenic sauce, I mean, toadstool sandwiches, uh, and this is what we're giving to God uh, as our own righteousness, and we expect him to take a bite of that. It falls so short of his righteousness, and so Paul makes the point here, he goes from Romans uh, 1.18 into, uh, way into chapter 3, of all the things that are really wrong with us, that are really wrong with mankind. We think that we're wise. We think that we're righteous. We think that uh, we've got it all together. But Paul points out so many things that, that show that mankind, apart from Christ, of course, is totally without righteousness. Yeah, I mean, he says that there's none righteous. There's not one. And like you said, we're we're just hitting the highlights here. Paul breaks it down very carefully, uh, verse by verse, through through a couple of chapters or so, making the case for the fact that man has been declared uh, unrighteous or, or unacceptable uh, to God. Um, that's the bad news. The good news, of course, uh, comes along later on in Romans chapter 3. Remember where we started out in Romans 1, 16 and 17, where Paul said, in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. Then he goes on to make the case that none are righteous, but then he comes back again remembering that he's continuing the same conversation. If if we were talking with Paul, uh, it's not, or, or if Paul were writing a book right now, it really wouldn't be broken down into chapters. When I read a book today, uh, a modern-day book, uh, whether it be fiction or whatever, usually when you come to the end of a chapter, that uh, means the next chapter is going to have a, a whole different thought process of some kind or, or a different scene, um, a different approach to what you've been reading. And here, even though we do have verses and chapters, Paul is really continuing the same conversation in Romans 3:21 and 22, where he says, Now, but now, the righteousness of God, apart from the law, is revealed. He says it again, even from Romans 1:17, And he mentions it's being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. Yeah, you know, I've been guilty of this plenty of times where I start off talking about something and then my mind goes off into something else and, and I'm trying to back up the original point that I'm making and I go on this long rant 
and then I get, uh, oh yeah, I got to get back to what I was talking about. <laughs> well, it's not that I don't think Paul was quite doing that in such a horrible way that I've been known to do that in the past, <laughs> but but he went through quite a few words. He he made a point, and then he went through quite quite a few words to make the to to back up his point for the unrighteousness of man. And then yes, he gets right back into it in Romans three twenty one. Again, it's all about God's righteousness. It has nothing to do with the law. It's 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 God's very own righteousness. The law and the prophets were witnesses to this. And if you read the law, if you read the prophets, if you find out what the law was all about, if you find out what the lives of the prophets were all about, you will see them leading us to Christ, to the righteousness of God that has nothing, again, to do with our own righteousness. In, in uh, Romans 3.22, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ. What the law and the prophets were doing were pointing us to Jesus Christ. The law and the prophets were put there not as not God didn't think that man was going to keep the law. God didn't think that man was going to listen to the prophets and, and do all the things that the prophets said when they said repent and turn from this. He knew that as long as mankind was trusting in their own righteousness, the works of the law, that they would fall so short in, in this whole process. The law and the prophets was to show mankind that there was nothing that they could do to keep themselves right with God. Again, that definition of righteousness, being right with God, maintaining right standing with God. He knew that there's no way that man could ever do that. Uh, the whole ordeal of the law and the prophets was pointing man towards the ultimate Savior, Jesus Christ. Yeah, and that's what the Old Testament does. I mean, the Old Testament points us to the cross. And when I found that out, Joel, I, I got a little more excited. I, I have to admit, I'm a New Testament guy. Um, I wish I was stronger in the Old Testament. I know Steve McVeigh has some great teachings out there on, uh, you know, the gospel through the Old Testament but and grace through the Old Testament. But <clears throat> I'm not real strong with it. But I, I did get a little more excited about it once I found out there's some stuff in there that's really pointing us to the cross. And God actually communicates some righteousness messages in the Old Testament. But the point I'm trying to make is the Old Testament points us to the cross. In the New Testament, as we read Paul's writings and others, they're, they're looking back at the cross. And that's what Paul's doing here in Romans. Yeah, everything in the Bible, it's, it's, either, po it's either pointing forward to the cross or it's pointing backwards to the cross and as we look at like you're saying the new testament all of paul's writings so i like that romans whether it was his first letter or not i like that romans was placed as as the first of the epistles because it is such a great example of, of paul showing exactly what the law and the prophets were and and what that whole thing was about man's own righteousness man's trying to keep the law paul goes if you keep on reading in romans he goes through adam he goes through the fall of man he goes through so many things he goes through the purpose of the law and so many things but it's he what he's trying to do he's making a case that we right now as we are after the cross of jesus christ everything that has happened it points back to the cross and then he makes that point to everything that happened before the cross was looking ahead looking forward to the cross so you know to try and summarize this just a little bit joel righteousness is a gift and it was given to us uh of course at the cross but we experienced this righteousness personally 
when we came to faith in Christ. And, and it's an instantaneous gift. It's not something that's just progressive, which I think many of us in the church over the years have had this idea that we knew we were saved by grace, but somehow I needed to establish my own righteousness to, to keep this covenant with God intact. At least uh, I had some of those thoughts going through my mind as a younger Christian. Oh my goodness, that's a big one that I hear out there, is that uh, just this whole idea that it's it's supposedly up to us to keep our covenant with God. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, the thing about you know having come to Christ is that we've given up on all our attempts at keeping covenants with God, because the covenant, and this is something, Mike, that you've brought up so many times on our show, and it's just always awesome to to hear it and to be reminded of it, is that the covenant that has, that that we're a part of is a covenant between God the Father and God the Son. It's a covenant that both the Father and the Son kept, and it's something, because we could never have done it. Paul talks about how the Jews tried to be justified by their works, tried to be justified by the law, but the problem with that is that they couldn't do it. They never kept that their part of the covenant. God was always faithful to keep his part, but man was never faithful to keep theirs, and so it's 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 a covenant that God the Father kept, God the Son kept, and we're the beneficiaries of it. And that's what makes it a better covenant established upon better promises because if this covenant, this agreement that we have uh, under this new covenant, if, 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 if it's dependent upon us, then we're doomed. And, and we're back to where we started in the Old Testament like you were just referring to, Joel. Yeah, so the good news, uh, the gospel as we wrap up here, it's God's righteousness, it's not our own. It's a wonderful, awesome covenant, not based upon our own keeping of, of any laws, any commandments. Uh, it, it's, it's really one in which we find ourselves loving God uh, because He first loved us and, and walking freely in His grace. You've been listening to Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Baruzaki, a weekly program featuring informal conversation to help with growth in understanding the gospel and to live in the freedom that comes through Jesus Christ. 